Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. We hope that all of you are safe and well and, and happy uh, in all respects. Um, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram compiled by Srila Sanatana Goswami. As a part of his book, Sri Krishna Lila Stava, in which he uh, planned to offer 108 obeisances to the pastimes of Krishna in Vrindavan. And he got to the 107th obeisance, and these five verses came out glorifying the Srimad Bhagavatam. goes like this. Sarva-shastra-dipi-yusha Sarva-vedaika-satpala Sarva-siddhanta-ratnaja Sarva-lokaika-drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dwandodita Ditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostame I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguru Man Mahadana Manistadaga Mad Bhagya Mad Anandanamostude My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu Sadhuta Dayin Atini Chochata Kada O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we reach the 14th verse of the 4th chapter of the 2nd canto of Srimad Bhagavatam Shukadeva Goswami is continuing to explain the process of creation uh, upon hearing the inquiry of Prikshit Maharaj. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto him who is the associate of the members of the Yadu dynasty and who is always a problem for the non-devotees. He is the supreme enjoyer of both the material and spiritual worlds, yet he enjoys his own abode in the spiritual sky. There is no one equal to him because he is transcendental because his transcendental opulence is immeasurable. Purport. There are two sides of the transcendental manifestations of the Supreme Lord. <laughs> Excuse me. There are two sides 
of the transcendental manifestations of the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna. For the pure devotees, he is the constant companion, as in the case of his becoming one of the family members of the Yadu dynasty, or his becoming the friend of Arjuna, or his becoming the associate neighbor of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, as the son of Nanda Yashoda, the friend of Sudama, Sridama, and Madhumangal, or the lover of the damsels of Rajabhumi, and so on. These are aspects of his personal feature. And by his impersonal feature, he expands the rays of the Brahma Jyoti, which is limitless and all-pervasive. Part of this all-pervasive Brahma Jyoti, which is compared to the sun rays, is covered by the darkness of the Mahat Tattva. And this insignificant part is known as the material world. In this material world, there are innumerable universes like the one we can experience, and in each of them, there are hundreds of thousands of planets like the one we are inhabiting. The mundaners are more or less captivated by the unlimited expansion of the rays of the Lord, but the devotees are more concerned are concerned more with his personal form from which everything is emanating janmad yasya yataha as the sun rays are concentrated in the sun disk the brahma jyoti is concentrated in goloka vrindavan the topmost spiritual planet in the spiritual sky the immeasurable spiritual sky is full of spiritual planets named Vaikuntas, far beyond the material sky. The mundaners have insufficient information of even the mundane sky, so what, what can they think of the spiritual sky? Therefore, the mundaners are always far, far away from him. With their tiny rockets, they are having difficulty reaching even the nearest planet, the moon. Therefore, what can they conceive of the spiritual sky and the planets there? Even, in the, even if in the future they, can, they are able to manufacture some machine whose speed may be accelerated to the velocity of the wind or mind, the mundaners will still be unable to imagine reaching the planets in the spiritual sky. So the Lord and his residential abode will always remain a myth or a mysterious problem for them. But for the devotees of the Lord, but for the devotees, the Lord will always be available as an associate. In the spiritual sky, the Lord's opulence is immeasurable. He resides in all the spiritual planets, the innumerable Vaikuntha planets, by expanding his plenary portions along with his liberated devotee associates. But the impersonalists who want to merge into the existence of the Lord are allowed to merge as one of the spiritual sparks of the Brahma Jyoti. They have no qualifications for becoming associates of the Lord either in the Vaikuntha planets or in the supreme planet, Goloka Vrindavan, described in Bhagavad Gita as Maddhama, and here in this verse as the Swadhamma of the Lord. This Maddhama or Swadhamma is described in the Bhagavad Gita 15.6 as follows, Natad Basayate Suryo Nishashanko Napavakaha Yadgatva Nanivartante Taddama Paramang Mama. The Lord Swadama does not require any sunlight or moonlight or electricity for illumination. That Dhamma or place is supreme, and whoever goes there never comes back to this material world. 
the Vaikuntha planets and the Goloka Vrindavan planet are all self-illuminating. And the rays scattered by those Swadhamas of the, of the Lord constitute the existence of the Brahma Jyoti. The self-illumination of the Lord Swadhamma is further confirmed in the Vedas. In the following verse, found in the Mundaka Upanishad 2.2.10, Kata Upanishad 2.2.15, and Shwetashwatara Upanishad 6.14. Natatrasuyo Bhaktina Chandratarakam Nema Vidyuto Bhantikuto Yamagnihi Tameva Bhantam Anubhati Sarvam Tasya Bhasa Sarvaidam Vibhati In the Swadhamma of the Lord, there is no need for sun, of sun, moon or stars for illumination, nor is there need of electricity. So what to speak of ignited lamps? On the other hand, it is because those planets are self-illuminating that all effulgence has become possible. And whatever there is that is dazzling due to the reflection is due to the reflection of that Swadhamma. One who is dazzled by the effulgence of the Brahma, of the impersonal Brahma Jyoti cannot know the personal, transcendent, personal transcendence. Therefore, in the Ishupanishad 15, a devotee prays that the Lord remove his dazzling effulgence so that the devotee can see the real reality. It is spoken thus, Hiranmayena patrena satyasya pihitang mukam tattvang pushan apavrinu satyadharmaya drishtaye O Lord, you are the maintainer of everything, both material and spiritual, and everything flourishes by your mercy. Your devotional service, or bhakti-yoga, is the actual principle of religion, satya-dharma, and I am engaged in that service. So kindly protect me by showing your real face. Please, therefore, Remove the veil of your Brahma Jyoti rays so that I can see your form of eternal bliss and knowledge. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 15. Hmm. Yat Kirtanam, Yat Smaranam, Yadikshanam, Yadvandanam, Yachavanam, Yadarhanam, Lokasya Sadyo Vidanoti Kalmasham, Tasmai Subhadra Shavase Namo Namaha. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the all auspicious Lord Sri Krishna, about whom glorification, remembrances, audience, prayers, hearing, and worship can at once cleanse the effects of all sins of the performer. Purport The sublime form of religious performances to free oneself from all reactions of sins is suggested herein by the greatest authority, Sri Shukadev Goswami. Kirtanam, or glorifying the Lord, can be performed in very many ways, such as remembering, visiting temples to see the deity, offering prayers in front of the Lord, and hearing recitations of glorification of the Lord, as they are mentioned in the Srimad Bhagavatam or in the Bhagavad Gita. Kirtan can be performed both by singing the glories of the Lord in accompaniment with melodious music and by recitation of scriptures like Srimad Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita. The devotees need not be disappointed in the physical absence of the Lord, thinking they are not associating with Him. 
the devotional processes of chanting, hearing, remembering, and so on, either all or some of them, or even one of them, can give us the desired result of associating with the Lord by discharging the transcendental loving service of the Lord in the above manner. Even the very sound of the holy name of Lord Krishna or Rama can at once surcharge the atmosphere spiritually. We must know definitely that the Lord is present wherever such pure transcendental service is performed. And thus, the performer of offenseless kirtan has positive association with the Lord. Similarly, remembrance and prayers also can give us the desired result if they are properly done under expert guidance. One should not concoct forms of devotional service. One may worship the form of the Lord in a the, in the temple, or one may impersonally offer the Lord devotional prayers in a mosque or a church. One is sure to get free from the reactions of sins, provided one is very careful about not committing sins willingly in expectation of getting free from the reactions of sins by worshipping in the temple or by offering prayers in the church. This mentality of committing sins willfully on the strength of devotional service is called namno balad yasyahipapabhudihi and it is the greatest offense in the discharge of devotional service. Hearing, therefore, is essential in order to keep oneself strictly on guard against such pitfalls of sins. And in order to give special stress to the hearing process, the Goswami invokes all auspicious fortune in this matter. Text 16 Let me offer my respectful obeisances again and again unto the all-auspicious Lord Sri Krishna, the, high, the highly intellectual, simply by surrendering unto his lotus feet, are relieved of all attachments to present and future existences and without difficulty progress toward spiritual existence. Purport Lord Sri Krishna has repeatedly instructed Arjuna, or for that matter, everyone concerned with becoming his unalloyed devotee. In the last phase of his instruction in the Bhagavad Gita, 1864-66, through 66, he instructed most confidentially as follows, Sarva guyatamang bhuyat shinu me paramam pachaha Ishtosi me dridham iti tato bhakshami he hitam manmana bhavamad bhakto majaji mam namaskuru mami vaishasi satyam te pratijane priyosime sarva dharman parichaja mami kang shananang braja ahang tvam sarva pape bio mokshayi shami my dear Arjuna, you are very dear to me, and therefore only for your good I will disclose the most secret part of my instructions. It is simply this, become a pure devotee of mine, and give yourself unto me only, and I promise you full spiritual existence by which you may gain the eternal right of transcendental loving service unto me. Just give up all other ways of religiosity and exclusively surrender unto me and believe that I will protect you from all your sinful acts and I shall deliver you. 
You do, do not worry anymore. Srila Prabhupada ki Sri Krishna ki Persons who are intelligent take serious notice of this last instruction of the Lord. Knowledge of the self is the first step in spiritual realization, which is called confidential knowledge. And a step further is God-realization, which is called more confidential knowledge. The culmination of the knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita is God-realization, and when one attains this stage of God-realization, he naturally, voluntarily, voluntarily becomes a devotee of the Lord to render service, to render Him loving transcendental service. This devotional service to the Lord is always based on love of God and is distinct from the nature of routine service as prescribed in Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga, or Dhyana Yoga. In the Bhagavad Gita, there are different instructions for men of different categories, and there are various descriptions for Varnashrama Dharma, Sanyas Dharma, Yati Dharma, the renounced order of life, controlling the senses, meditation, perfection of mystic powers, and so on. But one who fully surrenders unto the Lord to render service unto Him out of spontaneous love for Him factually assimilates the essence of all knowledge described in the Vedas. One who adopts this method very skillfully attains perfection of life at once. And this perfection of human life is called Brahma Gati, or the progressive march in spiritual existence. As enunciated by Srila Jiva Goswami on the basis of Vedic assurances, Brahma Gati means to attain a spiritual form as good as that of the Lord. And in that form, <clears throat> the liberated living being eternally lives on one of the spiritual planets situated in the spiritual sky. Attainment of this perfection of life is easily available to a pure devotee of the Lord without his undergoing any difficult method of perfection. Such a devotional life is full of kirtan, smarana, ikshana, and so on, as mentioned in the previous verse. One must, there, one must therefore adopt this simple way of devotional life in order to attain the highest perfection available in any category of the human form of life in any part of the world. When Lord Brahma met Lord Krishna as a playful child at Vrindavan, he offered his prayer in which he said, Shriyak Srutim Bhakti Mudasya Te Vibho Klishanti Ye Kevala Bhodalabdaye Tesham Asau Kleshada Eva Shishate Nanyat Yata Stula Tushava Gadinam Gatinam Bhagavatam 10.14.4 Bhakti Yoga, the highest quality of perfection, is to be achieved by the intelligent person in the Lu of performing a large quantity of spiritual activities. The example cited here is very appropriate. A handful of real paddy is more valuable than heaps of paddy skins without any substance within. Similarly, one should not be attracted by the jugglery of karmakanda or jnanakanda or even the gymnastic performances of yoga. But skillfully, one should take to the simple performances of kirtan, smarana, and so on, under a bona fide spiritual master, and without any difficulty, attain the highest perfection. Text 17 
Let me offer my respectful obeisances under the all-auspicious Lord Sri Krishna again and again, because the great learned sages, the great performers of, char performers of charity, the great workers of distinction, the great philosophers and mystics, the great chanters of the Vedic hymns and the great followers of Vedic principles cannot achieve any fru fruitful result without dedication of such qual great qualities to the service of the Lord. Purport Advancement of learning, a charitable disposition, political, social, or religious leadership of human society, philosophical speculations, the practice of the yoga system, expertise in the Vedic rituals, and all similar high qualities in man serve one in the attainment of perfection only when they are employed in the service of the Lord. Without such dovetailing, all such qualities become sources of trouble for people in general. Everything can be utilized either for one's own sense gratification or in the service of one other. Of one other. Everything can be utilized either for one's own sense gratification or in the service of one other than oneself. There are two kinds of self-interest also, namely personal selfishness and extended selfishness. But there is no qualitative difference between personal and extended selfishness. Theft for personal interest or for the family interest is of the same quality, namely criminal. A thief pleading not guilty because of committing theft, not for personal interest, but for the interests of society or country, has never been excused by the established law of any country. People in general have no knowledge that the self-interest of a living being attains perfection only when such an interest coincides with the interest of the Lord. For example, what is the interest of maintaining body and soul together? One earns money for maintenance of the body, personal or social, but unless there is God-consciousness, unless the body is being properly maintained to realize one's relation with God, all good efforts to maintain body and soul together are simply the attempts of the animals to maintain Oh. One earns money for maintenance of the body, personal or social, but unless there is God consciousness, unless the body is being properly maintained to realize one's relation with God, all good efforts to maintain body and soul together are similar, similar to the attempts of the animals to maintain body and soul together. The purpose of maintaining the human body is different from that of the animals. Similarly, advancement of learning, economic development, philosophical research, study of the Vedic literature, or even the execution of pious activities like charity, opening of hospitals, and the distribution of food grains should be done in relation with the Lord. The aim of all such acts and endeavors must be the pleasure of the Lord and not the satisfaction of any other identity, individual or collective. Sangsitir Haritoshanam The same principle is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 9.27 where it is said that whatever one may give in charity and whatever may, we may observe in austerity must be given over to the Lord or be done on His account only. The expert leaders of a godless human civilization cannot bring about a fruitful result 
in any of their different attempts at educational advancement or economic development unless they are God-conscious. And to become God-conscious, one has to hear about the all-auspicious Lord as he is described in literature like the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 18 Kidatta Hunandra Pulinda Pulkasha Abhira Shumba Yavana Kasada Yaha Yen Ye Chapapa Yadapashrayashrayaha Shudyanti Tasmai Prabhavishnabe Namaha Kiratas, Hunas, Andras, Pulindas, Pulkashas, Abhiras, Shumbas, Yavanas, members of the Kasa races, and even others addicted to sinful acts can be purified by taking shelter of the devotees of the Lord due to His being the supreme power. I beg to offer my respectful obeisances unto Him. Purport Kirata, a province of old Bhartavarsha, mentioned in the Bhishma Parva of the Mahabharata. Generally, the Kiratas are known as the aboriginal tribes of India, and in modern days, the Santal Parganas in Bihar and Chota Nagpur may comprise the old province, province named Kirata. Huna, the east area of East Germany, the area of East Germany and part of Russia, is known as the province of the Huns. Hunas. Accordingly, sometimes a kind of hill tribe is also known as the Hunas. Andhra, a province in southern India, mentioned in the Bhishma Parva of the Mahabharata and it is still extant under the same name. Pulindra It is mentioned in the Mahabharata Sabha Parva 2610 that is the inhabitants of the province of the name Pulinda. This country was conquered by Bhimasen and Sahadev. The Greeks are known as Pulindas and it is mentioned in the Vana Parva of Mahabharata that the non-Vedic race of this part of the world would rule over the world. This Pulinda province was also one of the provinces of Bharat and the inhabitants were classified amongst the Kshatriya kings. But later on, due to their giving up the Brahminical culture, they were mentioned as Mlechas, just as those who are not followers of the Islamic culture are called Kafirs and those who are not followers of the Christian culture are called heathens. Abhira This name also appears in the Mahabharata, both in the Sabha Parva and Bhishma Parva. It is mentioned that this province was situated on the river Saraswati in Sindh. The modern Sindh province formerly extended to the other side of the Arabian Sea and all the inhabitants of that province were known as the Abhiras. They were under the domination of Maharaj Yudhishthir and according to the statements of Markandeya, the Mleches of this part of the world would also rule over Bharat. Later on this proved to be true as, as in the case of the Pulindas. On, be, on behalf of the Pulindas, Alexander the Great conquered India and on behalf of the Abhiras Muhammadan Ghori conquered India. These Abhiras were also formerly Chatriyas within the Brabinical culture but they gave up the connection. The Chatriyas who were afraid of Parashuram and had hidden themselves in the Caucasian hilly regions later on became known as the Abhiras and the place they inhabited was known as Abhiradesh. Shumbas or Kankas 
the inhabitants of the Kanka province of Old Bharat, mentioned in the Mahabharat. Yavanas. Yavana was the name of one of the sons of Maharaj Yadati, who was given the part of the world known as Turkey to rule. Therefore, the Turks are Yavanas due to being descendants of Maharaj Yavana. The Yavanas were therefore Chatriyas, and later on, by giving up the Brahminical culture, they became Mlecha Yavanas. Descriptions of the Yavanas are given in the Mahabharata. A prince called Turvasu was also known as a Yavana, Adi Parva, eighty. 26. And this country was conquered by Sahadev, one of the Pandavas. The western Yavanas joined with Duryodhana in the battle of Kurukshetra under the pressure, pressure of Karna. It was foretold that these Yavanas would conquer India and it proved to be true. Kasas The inhabitants of the Kasadesh are mentioned in the Mahabharata, Dronaparva. Those who have a stunted growth of hair on the upper lip are generally known, or generally called Kasas. As such, the Kasas are the Mongolians, the Chinese, and others who are so designated. The above-mentioned historical names are different nations of the world. Even those who are constantly engaged in sinful acts are all corrigible, to the standard of perfect human beings if they take shelter of the devotees of the Lord. Jesus Christ and Muhammad, Muhammad, two powerful devotees of the Lord, have done tremendous service on behalf of the Lord on the surface of the globe. And from the version of Srila Sugardev Goswami, it appears that instead of running a godless civilization in the present context of the world situation, if the leadership of world affairs is entrusted to the devotees of the Lord, for which a worldwide organization under the name and style of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness has already been started, then by the grace of the Almighty Lord there can be a thorough change of heart in human beings all over the world, because the devotees of the Lord are able authorities to effect such a change by purifying the dust-worn minds of the people in general. The politicians of the world may remain in their respective positions because the pure devotees of the Lord are not interested in political leadership or diplomatic implications. The devotees are interested only in seeing that the people in general are not misguided by political propaganda and in seeing that the valuable human life of a human being is not spoiled in following a type of civilization which is ultimately doomed. In, if the politicians, therefore, would be guided by the good counsel of the devotees, then certainly there would be a great change in the world situation by the purifying propaganda of the devotees, as shown by Lord Chaitanya. As Shukadeva Goswami began one of his prayers with the words Yat Kirtanam, so also Lord Chaitanya recommended that simply by glorification of the Lord's holy name, a tremendous change of heart can take place, by which the complete misunderstanding between the human nations created by politicians can at once be extinguished. And after the extinction of the fire of misunderstanding, other prophets will follow. The destination is to go back home, back to Godhead, as we have several times discussed in these pages. According to the cult of devotion, generally known as the Vaishnava cult, there is no bar against anyone's advancing in the matter of God-realization. A Vaishnava is powerful enough to turn into Vaishnavas, even the Kiratas, and so on, as above mentioned. In the Bhagavad Gita 9.32, it is said by the Lord 
that there is no bar to becoming a devotee of the Lord, even for those who are low-born, or for women, shudras, or vaishas. And whoever becomes a devotee is eligible to return home back to Godhead. The only qualification is that one takes shelter of a pure devotee of the Lord who has thorough knowledge of the transcendental science of Krishna, the Bhagavad Gita, and Srimad Bhagavatam. Anyone from any part of the world who becomes well conversant in the science of Krishna becomes a pure devotee and a spiritual master for the general mass of people and may reclaim them by purification of heart. Though a person be even the most sinful man, he can at once be purified by systematic contact with a pure Vaishnava. A Vaishnava, therefore, can accept a bona fide disciple from any part of the world without any consideration of caste and creed and promote him by regulated principles to the status of a pure Vaishnava who is transcendental to Brahminical culture. The system of caste or Vanasham Dharma is no longer regular even amongst the so-called followers of the system. Nor is it now possible to re-establish the institutional function in the present context of social, political and economic revolution. Without any reference to the particular custom of a country, one can be accepted into the Vaishnava cult spiritually and there is no hindrance in the transcendental process. So by the order of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the cult of Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita can be preached all over the world, reclaiming all persons willing to accept the transcendental cult. Such cultural propaganda by the devotees will certainly be accepted by all persons who are reasonable and inquisitive, without any particular bias for the custom of the country. The Vaishnava never accepts another Vaishnava on the basis of birthright, just as he never thinks of the deity of the Lord in the temple as an idol. And to remove all doubts in this connection, Srila Chukadev Goswami has invoked the blessings of the Lord, who is all-powerful, Prabhavishnave Namaha. Just as stone, wood or metal is transcendentally changed when the all-powerful Lord in His form as a worshipable deity in the temple accepts the humble service of His devotee in the devotional activities of Archana. Similarly, a bo the body of a pure Vaishnava at once changes transcendentally when he gives himself up to the service of the Lord and is trained by a qualified Vaishnava. The injunction of the Vaishnava regulations in this connection runs as follows. Arche Vishnau Shiladir Gurushu Naramatir Vaishnave Jati Budihi Shri Vishnur Namni Mantre Shabda Samanya Budihi and so on. One should not consider the deity of the Lord as worshipped in the temple to be an idol, nor should one consider the authorized spiritual master an ordinary man, nor should one consider a pure Vaishnava to belong to a particular caste, nor should one consider the Hare Krishna Mahamantra a material sound vibration. Padma Purana The conclusion is that the Lord, being all-powerful, can, under any and every circumstance, accept anyone from any part of the world, either personally or through His bona fide manifestation as the spiritual master. Lord Chaitanya accepted many devotees from communities other than the Varnashamites. And He Himself declared to teach us that he does not belong to any caste or social order of life, but that he is the eternal servant of the servant of the Lord, who maintains the damsels of Vrindavan, Lord Krishna. That 
is the way of self-realization. Hare Krishna. What a purport. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. And that brings us past 8 o'clock. We will stop here our reading for tonight and request humbly that the sages come forward with their reflections of what we heard tonight, which was a lot. <laughs> that one purport is like a whole volume of the Bhagavatam. Okay. First is from Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi. She says Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi. We hope you're healthy and happy. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Gopika Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Dear Maharaj and all assembled sages. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. Thank you, dear Maharaj. Thank you, and all glories to His Divine Grace. And from Bhakta Christopher. Bhakta Christopher. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you for keeping us in touch with reality. <laughs> all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Well, these books keep me in touch with reality. I'm just trying to pass it on. Hare Krishna. Rati Jai Rati. She says, Jaguru Maharaj, please enlighten us. Hari Bo, Hari Bo. And from Rai Kanu Devi Dasi. Rai Kanu, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. And from Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna, Bhakti Noel, we haven't heard from you for some time. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you for this grounding, transcendental reading today. I'm humbly trying to absorb this nectar with my mind, heart, and spirit soul. Hare all, Krishna. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to his divine grace. And from Jagamohan Das. Hare Krishna Jagamohan. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Please accept my respectful obeisances. Thank you for this service to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to Sugadev Goswami the assembled devotees and to his divine grace Sri the Prabhupada thank you very much Hare Krishna is my um, solemn duty and privilege and pleasure to be able to read Sri the Prabhupada's books like this out loud the technology that allows us to spread it all over it's wonderful Subharao Rajagopal. Subharao Rajagopal. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Prabhupada. What a deep and profound explanation. And also quoting from different scriptures. Inconceivable potency of Sri the Prabhupada. Ki Jai. Yes. Transcendental reading. Ki Jai Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Thank, Thank you. you. Very true. Lovely reflection. Thank you. Okay. Uh, is that it? For the ninth, that's it. I was... I thought that the boys from Wales were coming tonight. Anyway, Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, everyone. Yes, uh, I also was very moved and overwhelmed by that. I, for, I had forgotten that that purport was that long. 
Otherwise, I might have waited until tomorrow to read it fresh. But it it warrants and almost demands that we read it again and again, study it carefully, because all the points that are made are very excellent points to be made when we speak to people who are swept away, especially in the current of uh, quarrel and uh, suffering that's going on today. These purports awaken the sense of compassion because they spell out what's happening clearly like a like a magnifying glass you know we can see clearly what's happening through these purports of Srila Prabhupada and the transcendental knowledge they contain okay Srimad Bhagavatam Ki we have something else from Abhai from Rati I thought so Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Tonight we heard the classic verse on how the races from all over the world can be purified by taking shelter of a pure devotee of the Lord. What a wonderful truth this is. It, yes, it is. And also I was noticing that it was not just India, it was all over the world. In other words, all these different groups of people came together in the battle of Kurukshetra. So the, the, the profundity of the purification that, that took place under the direction of Krishna was very profound. Very profound. Hare Krishna. She also commented, and especially imagining that Sri the Prabhupada translated this at the beginning of his mission in the West and whatever happened afterwards simply astonishing astonishing it's just proof of the pudding that this is eternal knowledge it's not that now we have to say something else or do something different because the times are changing no this knowledge is eternal it really is eternal and we should stick to it and we should preach it we may want to say it in different in a little different language but the principle the principles of the thought have to stay the same because it's just eternal truth. That's all. She also commented, another proof that the philosophy of the Bhagavatam is universal. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely universal. We have devotees in Ukraine who are still keeping up their devotional service and helping others by their consciousness and by their practical help. Therefore, it's, it's applicable everywhere, at any time, in any place, to any people. And it's practical, completely practical. Okay. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabeda Bhaktivrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic, as Shukadeva Goswami continues to enlighten us in the creation of the universe in its wonderful varieties. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow. Hare Bo.